Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Wednesday morning to you. Hope it's off and rolling for you today. Hoping it's rolling well for you. We welcome you to Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital. The Horn app at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Jeff Howe out today and tomorrow. Uh, he'll be back on Friday. And uh, in uh, the formatted view of uh, this particular program light the tower we have uh five days remaining on the program uh will be done after next tuesday now our erstwhile producer cameron parker has but two days remaining correct that's correct now you've got vacation coming up is that the deal yes uh taking my one and only vacation of the summer going to (laughs) New York, Montreal, and Philadelphia. Nice. Okay. All right. So Cam will be with us, uh, you know, uh, t- today and tomorrow, and and then and then he's off, and then we'll all be off, <laughs> or, or just about all of us, including the man that I'm so glad to have stick around for another hour, uh, my good friend, and a guy who has uh, been in uh, radio in this Austin area uh, nearly as long as I have been. And that's the one and only Bucky Godball who just came off shift, if you will, for uh, his four hours of what is uh, one of the four remaining uh, programs with B&E. And he's got uh, uh, three more of those to go uh, tomorrow, Friday, and Monday. Good to see you, and I appreciate you sticking well, around. thank you for having me, Craig. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. And as I said before, I mean, the ultimate professional that you are and being in this business now for now for me – Getting ready to be, it was getting ready to be two decades and a half. It's just, it was just wonderful to to learn a lot of a lot of things from you. I mean, not only as the, the kind of person that you are and kind of man that you are before, as and when I was a football coach at the University of Texas, just being being around you, but during some really hard times for you and for your family. I mean, and some heartbreaking times for you. You still had to be the professional that you are. That that's tough doing. Like this morning, talking about what I had to talk about. That's. Those those are those are hard things to do. It really, you know, when you when you're around people. But I don't know how you did it. I don't I don't know how you did it. I don't know if it was the love of your wife, the love of your kids. I I think it was just life, and that's yeah. that's what you had to do. That's what dad has to do. That's what 
a husband has to do. That's what a father has to do. So uh, you did it well, and you and I learned an awful lot about what you are about and what, what you can do, and that you always have to be a professional. You wow. just have to. Wow. It was very nice of you to say. I think they told us they're paying us to the end of the month, so you probably didn't have to say. No, I'm just. Is that, is that it? <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle the money Monday thing. Uh, no, it, it, and uh, I do appreciate that. And, and uh, uh, what we've told folks, I know you've done the same thing. What what, what uh, we've told folks, uh, those of us who after August 1st will not be here uh, anymore is uh, don't weep for it. I mean, we're all we're all still going to be around and and people will see us and hear sure. from us and i mean obviously i've got my duties that i'll be performing uh, still doing the play by play for texas we'll do that but but uh, folks will be seeing us and hearing us around you know life life evolves and life's had changed i mean you you've seen it as well in times uh, you know from your uh, your growing up your collegiate life your mm-hmm. your brief life as a professional athlete, then as a coach, then in the sports representation business, yep. and then into this thing. You know, life is is ever evolving, and there's changes going on all the time. And I think I think we've been fortunate to be a part of some really cool things, and and uh, a chance to to yeah, I move mean, to the next chapter, whatever that might be. Yeah, it's really hard because you know one of my buddies that I play golf with just said, you know, this didn't happen to you; it happened for you. Exactly, and it's hard for me to see it that way. Yeah, because deep down inside, I'm mad as hell. People, yeah. I mean, this is not a this is not an easy go. This is not something that is just kind of willy nilly to me. I mean, I spent the last 24 years, you know, going through my sobriety, being with these these folks that I've gotten to know, and really, really cherish as friends and, and people. And so, when when management says to you, and you don't, you know, you don't you don't get a chance to talk to anybody. I mean, it's it's time for you to go without you without you offering. Your opinion of, hey, what can I do? Can I do this? Can I do that? And you don't hear from you. It's not easy. It's it's very very difficult. But once again, dude, as I, I said before we left the show the other day, I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. When when as a young boy, when I walked down into a, we talk about movies. I walked to a movie theater, and as I was going to take my seat down below, with he's my talking friends, about the Carolina Theater on <laughs> Elm Street in downtown Greensboro. As a as a, a native of the area, I know exactly the, what you're talking about. As I went to, to went to sit to, in my seat, thinking I could get down on the first floor, I was like, it was like, uh, no, young man, you have to go up, up to there. the balcony. Yeah, go check that out. Look who's up in the balcony. That's where you're going to sit. Yep. Yeah. And I was, I'm, and I couldn't figure out what the hell does that mean? Why am I going there? I mean, it's, there's a really good seat down here. Yeah, why can't I, I sit in that one? Yeah, why can't I sit in that one? But so I've, I mean, I've been, I mean, I've, I've been able to be, you know, I've gone from, uh, you know, I've gone from color to Negro mm-hmm. to a black man to African American and and other names included around here. So I've I've been through the ups and downs, but this has been a part. This is part of the growing process, I, you know. And you know, you don't stop growing at 68. I mean, things things will happen from this point on too. Yeah. You know. In my family, I'm you know I've lost my parents. I've got brothers and sisters. I'm going back to my 50th high school reunion next week. That'll be fun. And my partner Aaron Hogan is the one who taught me. He goes, "You have to go back and see those people, don't you?" And I'm thinking, mm, you know, I didn't spend much time with those people. I went off to college, and a lot of them stayed in that Bethlehem Allentown area. But he said, "Aren't there some great people that you met?" I said, I, and then I thought about. It, I'm like, you know what? I did meet some great people in high school that I need to go back because I'll never. I, Hell, when I go back, there's some that I won't see that won't be right, around. Right. So this is one of those deals that I got to go back and 
He was right. Go back and see those people. Sure. You know? Absolutely. Tell them that you appreciate it when you when you had that that very short time with them. So this is a, it's, it is a, we're on this earth for a short period of time. And what we, what we do with that time is kind of up to us. You know, there, there are some people that can, you know, financially, there are some things that you can be born into, but it's really what you do of it, you know, and, and I've done a lot. I've done a lot of stuff with my time. So and you've done a lot and of, I'm not done. And you've done a lot of things for people as well. It was Jackie Robinson who said a life is, is meaningless unless it is lived also in assistance of helping others. Yeah, and you've done so much and you've done you've been around the University of Texas and you know, this this station not getting the contract and uh, another station getting it. You know what? That university has done a lot for me. I, I, that place deserves to be in the best hands that it can be in going into the SEC, a billion dollar industry, not not just a, a conference, but we're talking about one of the biggest industries in the world. They're going to they deserve to be in great hands. You know, not what will happen next week or the week after, or do they have this or don't they have that? They deserve to be in the greatest hands of all. This university deserves that. Well, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you uh, in here. You know, you brought up the, uh, the, the thing about the Carolina Theater, and, and uh, I, I was asking if you remember this, and you did remember this. Um, here's the grand irony. You, uh, as a youngster, real young at first, were not allowed to sit down front you had to sit into the balcony whereas the white seating was down yes. there and they and used to have signs seatings. colored yes. up there there was that uh as a little kid when i went there and i'm five years younger than bucky but when i went there um when i went i, I think i saw the jungle book there and i saw several other movies there um the kids, you know, I was with kids. We wanted to sit in the balcony. That was oh, yeah, the irony right. of the deal. I want. Right. I, I automatically went up to the balcony because I wanted to sit up there to sit. The and the other thing is, you remembered uh, that they used to have a Saturday morning feature thing oh, at yeah. the Carolina, and you got in. The admission price was a wrapper from a McDonald's hamburger or cheeseburger. I, that was it. Just to, it. all you need. All you need was a, a wrapper from a hamburger, and you got to get in on the Saturday morning movie thing. You know, and the first movie I, I not well. Besides those movies, the first real movie I saw was, yeah. I don't know how the hell I got in there, but a babysitter who was going to, I think she was going to her first year of college, took me to see Dr. Shivago. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? You know, they had to change the reel. It was probably like a four-hour movie. Yeah, 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 they had yeah. to change the reel then. How old were you? I, I think I was in fourth grade or yeah. fifth grade. Yeah. So, so you're like, like 10, 11 years old, and you're watching a movie about the Russian Revolution and a love affair that happens during it. Oh, yeah, and they and they, and, and the and the horses that <laughs> stomp the people to death in the snow and blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm, wait a minute, I'm in fourth grade. What am I doing here? <laughs> but she had to do some paper on it or something. I was like, what in the heck? Uh, uh, also, and I think we talked uh, about this as well, we had um, – when I was just recently up there on vacation, uh, and we, uh, Linda and I were passing through, uh, we we drove, we took the northern route. We were eventually headed for the North Carolina coast, but we took the northern route. We saw stopped in Memphis and uh, uh, spent an evening with our good friend uh, Dave Ocean, voice of the Memphis Tigers, and his wife Gail. And then we went on uh, from there to Asheville, which is a beautiful city in the mountains now. It's been completely reinvented from the time when you and I were growing up. My dad didn't want to go anywhere there. It's just a smoky, dirty, industrial <laughs> city. Not anymore. It's it's kind of like uh, kind of like a, a, a quaint. A uh, smaller version of Austin in the in in the mountains there, and it's beautiful. And and others uh, there, and then and then we stopped off in Greensboro for a day and spent one night. Uh, it was, you talk about weird. We stayed in a uh, 
in a uh, Marriott uh, that or Marriott property that was adjacent to Four Seasons Mall, where I used to go as a kid. Oh yeah, uh, when I lived in Hillsdale Park. But then I was determined to do this if it still existed. It I did. asked Bucky before yep. I left town. I said, "What was the street?" That you live, I know you lived on Benbow, but 1803 Benbow South Benbow Road. And so I, I told Linda, I said, we're going to go over to South Benbow Road. And we, we went over at first, we went to, to Yum Yum to have ice cream because it's a great ice cream place. I've been there over a hundred years. My great grandfather took my fa- grandfather there. My grandfather took my father there. My father took my kids there. I t- uh, my father took me cleaned there. that place on Sundays after they'd done on Saturdays. That's where I got to eat all the ice cream I wanted. That's where you I became an ice cream nut. So I would go there for, for him to clean up the yeah. the facility, and all the big barrels of ice cream yeah. were there. And he said, "Go make yourself some." Dude, I must. I ate ice cream for like four hours in that place <laughs> it was, every Sunday. The, the, the place opened in 1906. It was called West End Ice Cream Country. That, that used to be the West End of Greensboro. Not now mm-hmm. because it's grown out so much. And it's now adjacent to the UNCG campus, UNC Greensboro oh, yeah. campus. And uh, so he had that. And then, like I said, it started in 1906. My great-grandfather took my grandfather for ice cream when he was a kid, and my grandfather took my dad. My dad took, in the uh, in the uh, 30s and 40s, my dad took me and my siblings there in the in the 60s and 70s. I took my kids passing to there in the early 2000s, and then I have ordered my daughter, Haley, to, uh, at some point, you've got to get the kids, my grandkids, there so it's six generations wow. will have gone through there eating ice cream. But anyway, so go there. And I, and I said to Linda, we, we need to go see if we can find Bucky's house, his childhood home. As a, and so put it in the GPS. It came right up. I knew how to get over to Bimbo Road, but I wanted to get exactly where it was. And found it. And there it was. Little, 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 two, bedroom, two bedroom with four kids. Six, <laughs> six people living in that house. Wow. Six of us lived in that home. And I had in the back of that home where the big pine trees were, we, that was a baseball field. And we played hardball back there. And all the windows in the back were always busted out for foul balls. But we played hardball in that short little area in there. It was, it was the greatest place it, to it, grow up. As John Mellencamp would say, little pink houses. Oh, yeah. Because it had been painted pink since, since then. But it was, not, it was very, very nice and neatly done. And the yard was done as well in the neighborhood. And, I, and then down the street, just down the hill from the house, there was a basketball court. And I said, I think that's the court where Bucky said he yes. played uh, basketball as a kid going up against the likes of Charlie Sanders or Vince Evans and some Bob of those McAdoo. others. Bob McAdoo. Curly uh, Neal. Yeah. Curly Neal was there with the Globetrotters. They would come down, and those yeah. games would be – I was a little, little one. I was like, dude, just sit right here. You're all of about four foot whatever. You can't get out here with Bob McAdoo and play basketball. That's funny. That's funny. So so went through that and got to got to see that. So that was an awful lot of fun. But Bucky and I, I, I when we first met, I did not know that, that Bucky had lived in Greensboro. I mean, our first meeting, maybe some would say this is apropos. The first time I ever met Bucky Gobble was on the golf course, and it was – in the summer of 92, prior to John Makovic's first season as head football coach at Texas, it was prior to my first season in the booth as the analyst on the Longhorn broadcast working with Bill Shoning. I had been the studio anchor from 88 through 91, and the studio was in Dallas. So did all the, the scoreboard updates on the old Southwest Conference radio network and then Texas. And then after the Southwest Conference network broke up, and they brought in all these other broadcasts into the building there in, in uh, North Dallas. I was the studio anchor for Texas, but also for Pitt, Alabama, Florida State, 
Army, and Navy. And occasionally, Tennessee and Auburn, they would bring in those, but mainly those other ones that I mentioned. And so in 92, uh, the, the, Bill moves over to the play-by-play chair, and and so they asked me if I wanted to be the analyst, and I said yes. And, and so then I was invited to come down and play in John Makovic's golf tournament. It's kind of an intro golf tournament. And so I go down there, and I don't I don't know what I'm getting into. They're just going to put me in a group. And so they they put me in a group, and um, they had the coaches I think rotating around right. playing in different holes. And and John Makovic stated I, I believe it was par three, par three oh, maybe yeah. seventh there at Barton Creek or whatever where it was. It was one on one of those. And John would all we did was hit tee shots for everybody. Oh, he was Mr. Cool, sat in his golf cart, yeah, come up and say about three words to you, and then show you his. Golf prowess. This is how good he was. Holes playing about one sixty seven today. Craig, a little bit, a little bit of breeze here. Let me try that. Boom, and he'd knock it to about fifteen feet or ten feet or whatever, and say, "There you go, fellas. I've set you up. The rest is up to you." Oh yeah, that's him. That was (laughs) that would be like the times he would always tell me, "Make sure that you bring your golf clubs to work with you because you and Bobby Jack Wright may be playing golf with me." And I would be like, "Oh really? Do I have to do this? Seriously?" By the way, Coach, how many strokes are you going to give me? And he would always say, and this is his always, you just need to play better. I'm like, that's why they have a handicap, dude. There's a handicapping system. Yeah. Oh, no, not him. It was always, you just need to play better. (laughs) And he used to always say, and he he loved being in Austin. He loved the golf course. He loved Barton Creek. Because he would say say to myself and Mike Deal, who was the the offensive line coach at the time, he'd say, you know what, Bucky, can you listen to the birds? Listen to the birds sing this morning. Aren't, isn't everybody so happy? And I used to start cussing him about, oh, no, just give me my effing strokes today, Coach. No, <laughs> you just need to play a little bit better today. You're a zero handicap, dude. I'm, I'm 26. I'm a 26 handicap learning how to play golf right did now. He, did he play that much golf when he was when the two of you were at Illinois? Oh, well, he lived at the golf course. So oh, okay. When I, I didn't live very far from the golf course. but He my, lived on it? Oh, my funnest time was just me and him alone. And he hit a ball into a ditch, and he just had to prove to me that he was going to go into this ditch, Cam, and he was going to hit this. Instead of taking a drop, because that's John, I show you how to get this out and get this on the green. I said, I said, John, you, th- this is not going to be good. It's really not going to be good. I just put the ball up here. It's just me and you. Take it out and drop I, it out. Yeah, there. I swear I won't tell anybody. You don't have to take a stroke, but you can't make. You're not going to make this shot. I mean, you're in there eight feet down. He goes. It hits a rock. It comes back and hits him, and he, and he busts his nose, and his face explodes in the ditch. I'm on the ground laughing. I said, I told you. I knew it. I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, I mean, we, and, and he played with a, with a little white towel on his face the rest of it because he wouldn't give up because he wouldn't give in to take a drop. I'm like, it's just me and you. What are you, what are you trying to prove, dude? It hit it. That ball came back so quick and hit him dead smack in the nose. And you know that bothered him. His nose got a little crooked. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that, right. That, that bothered him an awful lot. Cam, you are so fortunate to be working with this dude. I mean, I know you're in your play-by-play stuff, and you're involved in sports now with baseball. Can't this is the best? This yeah. Is, this every day, every day of, of listening to Craig Way is is a kind of special event. It really, really. I, I mean, when we're over at the other place, and he and Shoning, and I mean, back in the way back days, when, yeah, when. When the walls are as filthy as the ones I'm in right now. In the late 90s. Oh. <laughs> we started My goodness. On. When Bucky first started doing a show, uh, you, you were by yourself when you would do it. Yeah. I mean, I remember when John Madani said to me, I, I said, so 
I'm like, so what, what, what am I going to do here? And he said, well, whatever it is, you got about 30 seconds and you're going to start. And I'm like, this is it. This is it for real. You're not going to stay with me? He goes, oh, no, I'm out. I'm like, what do you mean you're out? I'm just starting. You want me to just start talking? He said, just go do. And you started talking about stuff like I'll never forget the first. I listened to the first show. I'll never forget. It was in, in, in evening. And and Bill and I had been off the air, and you'd come in, and you start talking about, you said, listen, I've been here a, a, a long time or, or a few years, and I've learned some things. And among the things I've learned is be careful if you're out driving on B Caves Road because there's a bunch of fat people out riding bikes. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? I was all over the bikers early here. <laughs> it didn't take you welcome long. To, welcome to Austin, to Texas. Jump in, to jump in on that. I was like, okay. Then I was having, we had fun. I mean, I yeah. was doing stuff like jumping in the river walk and town lake. And, and that's the other thing. You jumped in, in in the lake at town lake. Now that was, first of all, you did that to say the Spurs couldn't reach the NBA finals. Yes. Then they did. This was in 99. Got an ear infection from that, by the way, town lake at that time. Yeah. I, that was gee, not good. I can, under, I can understand that. But then afterwards, Bucky doubles down on it and says, I'll go one step further. They're not beating the Knicks. They're not winning the NBA championship. And if they win the NBA championship, I'll jump in the river. I'll jump in the in the river walk in San Antonio. So what happens? Of course, the Spurs win in five games. So now we've got to set this deal up about Bucky doing it. So, uh, you know, our, our very aggressive sales staff set up a remote. I think yep. the remote was at Mad Dogs and Englishman. But I, I can't remember. It was, at a, it was at a bar down on the river. Yes. And, and, and we had, I had the cops there, and the, the mayor like, you can't jump in this riverwalk. I said, I'm coming. This is I when said, it, I'm coming there. I'm jumping in. This is when it got interesting because word filtered down to San Antonio that Bucky was going to jump in the river. And, wow. you, and, and in case you don't know, you're not allowed to do that, you know. So word had come back to the radio station, uh, do not, do not, big capital letters and stuff, do not have anyone jump into the river there at the riverwalk. Uh, because if they do, they will be arrested. So the way we all played it up was uh, we're just going to go down and do a show, and it'll be symbolic, but not really do that. And that's the public thing. And and really and truly, I think several of us kind of had come to the conclusion that was what was going to happen. But Bucky pulls me aside. He goes, listen, I'm a man of my word. I'm going to jump in the river. And I said, if you do it, and 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 we were set it up, and Bill and I were doing an afternoon show, and there were police around the area. I said, if you do it right here, they're going to arrest you. And, he, <laughs> right and, here. And, and, and Bucky goes, I don't have to do it right here. All I said was I have to jump in the river, and I said, I'm with you. So on the air, I uh, I I said blah 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 blah, and yeah, we were here to you know celebrate this a Bucky symbolic jump into the river, uh, but some of San Antonio's finest are saying you cannot do this, so-and-so. We'll be back, blah, blah, blah. And I take a break, and I look at Bill, and I said, I'm going with Bucky. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, he's going to jump in the river. And he goes, but how will we know? And I said, I'll call in. <laughs> so I take my old flip phone, and we we get out from the area, and we go around the corner yep. away from the police, away from the remote. So Bill brings it back out of the break, and Shoney's going, blah, 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 blah. He goes, uh, uh, my partner, Craig Way, has stepped away. And he goes, in fact, he's joining us right now on the hotline. Let's check in. We'll go, where are you? And I said, well, uh, I'm uh, not that far from where you are, but uh, Bucky Godbolt has 
has uh, decreed that he is going to jump in the river, so we're going to do it. So Bucky and I walk around this, and it was kind of a darkened area. Oh yeah, and uh, under a bridge, right? And I said, Bucky's doing this. He's removing his shoes, and 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 Bucky got down on all fours, and he just rolled over, and that man dropped like a stone. <laughs> He went straight down. He completely disappeared in the water. And I'm doing play-by-play of this on the announcement. Bucky has removed his shoes, and now he's down on all fours, and he has rolled, and he is in. He is in. Bucky Godbold has gone into the river. I can't see him right now. Oh, there he is. Oh, it was, I mean, you went was, down to the bottom, and it's not real deep. That's what I'm saying. Then I stood up, and I'm like, it's at my knees. I mean, what are you, <laughs> my knees. What you, I didn't need to do that. I'm glad I didn't dive. Yeah. I mean, you got down on all fours and just, and just turned over, rolled over, and it keeled over and went straight down in one lump, straight down. The bottom and then pop back up and I said he is out he's in it and all this and this is and, coming off an ear infection yeah and I was thinking oh no and they and this give, stuff and and Bucky had a towel with him so he wipes off and then we go walking back to the set so we walk back around and then people are just looking at us and the police are looking at us and and there's Bucky still it's dripping done. off it's done Got but it, it done. was done and they didn't see it and so that and so then we go on I said he is a man of his word. I was there as a witness. He dropped down on all fours and rolled right on into the river. And I have not been a Spurs fan ever since all of that. <laughs> he started in with the car Gosh. flag stuff and all oh. that stuff after that. I still Do have they those question flags. you, Buck? Huh? Do the cops question you at all? No. No. Oh, no. No, because they didn't see it. Yeah. They all, didn't, the pl- they... all the pl- prelims were the mayor, everybody else has said, if you come down here and jump this, you're going to jail. jail. I'm like, come on. This is just a stunt. You're really not going to put me. Oh, no. The, you, you're not allowed to jump in the river. You're going to jail. You will be in jail. We'll, you'll Which be I arrested. said, oh, I'm going to get this done now. <laughs> he gave him the challenge that he said, you will be arrested. So, yeah. So that's what it was. And and uh, so so uh, Bucky and I have had some fun times over the years with some stuff. Uh, yeah, no this, has been, this has been quite the, uh, quite the treat for me. You know, I never – I didn't grow up in this business. I, and, of course, one of your buddies in sports – will tell everybody he started me in this business. Ed Clemens, of course. But he tells everybody. You know, Bucky didn't get in. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have been in radio. I started him in the business. And that's, you know, that used to be the Monday night deal because John Magabig didn't want, didn't want to do the show. Right. The radio show. That's right. He would always come in to me and goes, Buck, hey, call Ed over, you know, KLBJ. You call him and do, the, do this Monday deal for me. And I would get going. I'd be on a roll. I would, I would start doing it. And Ed would go, Okay, Buck, time's up. We'll talk to you next week. It lasted about two minutes. <laughs> you do one segment yeah. with him. Because <laughs> Ed had to go. Ed wanted to talk. Ed wanted to get going. He goes, okay, well, that's enough for you. We don't need to do that. <laughs> so. Couldn't get John because John wouldn't do it on, on Monday nights. He didn't want to do that. No, he no, didn't do that. didn't do that. All right, uh, we've got some other things we'll get to. We're, we, uh, we do have a Longhorn notebook. We'll talk some Longhorns. Uh, we're going to give away a copy. We're going to do this in the second hour of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Give away a copy that Gene Watson – uh, our MLB insider will join us in the second hour. Also, Drew Sanders, head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, will join us in the second hour. So uh, we'll continue. Uh, yes, some reminiscing, but also uh, we'll talk some uh, current things as well as we continue to light the tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is like the Tower on the Horn. Craig Wade, Bucky Gabo with you here. Uh, Buck's final day on the uh, radio station will be Monday. Mine will be Tuesday. Uh, Bucky has let everybody know he's he's 68. Uh, and uh, this dude here, it's singing here, today celebrated being 12 years older than you. Mick Jagger is 80 today, Bucky. That's something. <laughs> And still rocking, and still, still rocking. planning it yeah. Oh, to yeah. keep rocking, uh, no doubt. Speaking Rock of, till they stop. Speaking of uh, Mick Jagger, I think uh, I was probably on the younger side, so I didn't go. My brother, I had two of my brothers went and saw the Stones in the Greensboro Coliseum in 1975, and then again in '78 with the Some Girls tour. So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and speaking uh, of the British invasion yeah. in Greensboro, North Carolina, I went to the airport to. Witness the Dave Clark Five. <laughs> My sister went to that show. As, as, a, as a guy who, as a young black kid growing up in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, the British invasion was huge because I was, I was into, you know, Sam and Dave, Wilson Pickett. Sure. You know, um, back in those days, I, Little Richard, stuff like that. But the Dave Clark Five came to the airport. I was at the airport when they came off. The, you know, it was no terminal deal. They came right no, down the you steps. Came right, they had an observation deck there at the old Greensboro uh, uh, High Point Winston-Salem Regional Airport, which is now called Piedmont Triad. It's it's a much bigger airport now. And I was screaming. like it, I was screaming, you know, as the, as the Dave Clark Five came down. Yeah. Came down those steps. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. My, my sister went to see him in concert. Uh, my sister is four years older than me. She was the oldest of... of uh, my four siblings, and I was the fourth of five kids. You were the oldest of oldest of eight, oldest of eight, and I was the fourth out of five. Uh, my sister saw the Dave Clark Five. She saw the Monkees in the Greensboro Coliseum. She saw the Jackson Five wow. in 1970, and says I had a great time. And I said, "What, what was the demographic breakdown <laughs> in the Greensboro Coliseum there?" And she said. Well, it was me and a friend of my girlfriend. He said, we might have been the only white people there. She at, said, at a concert. Yeah, but they had a great time there at the uh, at the Jackson 5. Oh, so I, I, there, I did so many things there. I, I would be there, Ringling Brothers, Barnum & Bailey yes. Circus. Every year. Didn't miss it. The, the fair, I was at the fair. With the double-decker Ferris wheel. I did that, that one time. That, that's why <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like heights. I, I was at the top of that thing where, you know, where it rolls back yes. across the top. For folks who don't know, it was a just picture a regular Ferris wheel and then picture another one on top of it. And it would rotate the Ferris wheels where one would go up all the way to the top it while awful. it was rotating. So you're spinning while it rotated up pretty high. <laughs> I learned how to hate cotton candy because my siblings and being the old I mean, everybody had to have cotton candy. It was all it was in your hair, in your ears. It was 
That was the nastiest stuff. <laughs> I've not had it since. Those um, days of Greensboro. Uh, let's uh, go to a uh, Longhorn Notebook uh, situation here. Do we have a Longhorn Notebook uh, there, Cam? Longhorn Notebook. Uh, the Longhorn Notebook is that it became official yesterday that uh, the um, staff changes uh, made. We'd, we'd heard about them coming for uh, Longhorn Baseball. And um, we'd, we'd heard about it, and, and it all did become official yesterday as the staff announced its uh, reorganization uh, with uh, Steve Rodriguez, Philip Miller returns to the coaching staff off being the special assistant, and Caleb Longley are full-time assistants. Troy Chilowitzki returning to the staff as director of player development. Chris Gordon will continue his role as coordinator of hitting and pitching development. Remember, he had been a pitching coach at, at Duke. And, of course, David Pierce will take on the primary pitching coach responsibilities for 2024, which he's done at Rice, obviously, and then Sam Houston and Tulane when he was head coach at Sam and Tulane as well. So, um, you I know. like this for Coach Pierce. I like the decision on being the, the, the pitching coach, and that's what, that's what he's done. I mean, if, if you want it done right, you always do it yourself. Absolutely. That's always the deal. If, if, you really, if, you don't, if you're not in, in, in step with the, the person, and I'm not saying that the, the former pitching coach – was bad. I thought they. I thought they pitched quite well this year. As a matter of they, fact, they had a top ten ERA. But there were some philosophical things that weren't all together there. And I. And I think, to, if that's what your specialty is, then you do it. Yeah, and and I think and and, uh, and by the way, Coach Pierce is coming on this program tomorrow. Oh, cool. So uh, when 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 he comes on Light the Tower tomorrow, he will give a, a more detailed explanation of why the the, the changes were developed the way they were because it wasn't just about pitching. It was uh, about, I think he would say, maximizing his strengths mm-hmm. with the other staff members that he needed in other areas. So we'll we'll hear him discuss that uh, tomorrow on the program. So there is our uh, Longhorn Notebook. Our Specs text line is open, as always, at 512 512- Three three seven three seven seven six five one two three three seven three seven seven six. Our man CB uh, put up the uh, photo of when we did uh, the uh, photo uh, over at the zone uh, called full sports coverage. And uh, Bucky looking yoked in this picture. And there's there's Bucky uh, on that, and and it's it's all about what the mind and imagination can do. Because if you look at the photo, it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine men, nine grown men completely naked. Um, in reality, in reality, we were shirtless, but we all had shorts on, like short pants yes. on, and had black socks on and shoes. But the way the bannering was done was it said full sports coverage, and the full sports coverage area covered what would be your private areas? Yeah, it's kind of nice. That's when radio stations had a uh, <laughs> creativity going. Yeah, so Very creative. So, so we got Hugh Lewis on the far left. Then there's me. Then there's Aaron behind you. Bill Shoning on the front. Chad Hastings in between Bill and John Madani. Mark Honig, your broadcast partner on Lake Travis. Yep. And then Bucky and our good friend Perry Watson in the back. Wow, I didn't recognize Chad with the hair. I'm used to the buzz cut. Yeah, that's Chad, right in between Bill and and John there. So yeah, there's there's that, and there's Bucky. Yeah, he looks pretty. Bucky does look pretty. uh, I've had hair. 
Yeah. If you told me Bill was a manager for the Oakland A's in the 1970s, <laughs> I would have been like, yep. Yeah. Or, yep. or as he was often mistaken for back in those days, Mike Ditka. Yeah, in, in, the mustache. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when, we, when we went up to Notre Dame in 95 to do the uh, – to the football, and you'll remember that, Buck. Oh, yeah. The game in Texas played at Notre Dame in 95. Close game for a while, and then it. It was 27 20 in the third yeah. quarter, and then, and I'm not going to put this all on Justin McLemore because he was a heck of a receiver error from Waxahachie. He was, he was the first, he and Kevin Watler, uh, who was playing during your time there, they were the first six year seniors I ever heard of. Uh, and and they were both of them were, wound up being six year seniors. They'd still have two more years in this day. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. And McLemore was open and was unable to hold a pass across the middle when it was a 27-20 ball game. It was right after Notre Dame had scored to go up 27-20 and, uh, and then dropped it. And then, and then Notre Dame took over after that, just kind of blew the game open after that. Ended up winning, I think, 55-27. But it was through two and a half quarters, it was a really competitive football game. Uh, I, I remember that. But Paul McGuire was the analyst for the NBC telecast. And he sees Bill the day before, and he goes, look, it's effing Ditka. It's effing. He didn't say effing. He goes, it's effing Ditka. He kept saying that over and over at, at, at the time. But that, that year, 1995, that was the much Ballyhooden talked about freshman year for Ricky Williams, and, uh, and everybody gave you grief about him being at 990 and not getting to the 1,000-yard uh, mark and all that stuff. But there were a lot of things that happened uh, during that 95 season. That was the one – uh, loss during the regular season was that Notre Dame game. There was the 24-24 tie with Oklahoma. Yep. And this was the last time that, that um, Texas played a tie football game because next year, you'll remember, 96 was the first time Texas played an overtime game. That's right. And the overtime rules were so new that when the Longhorns won the toss, they elected to have possession We won the ball. And we all know now you play defense first so you can find out what you need to win the game. So Texas got a field goal, and then James Allen scores on a touchdown run for Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, that was two years after Allen had got stood up by Stoney Clark and stopped uh, there uh, in the 94 game. But in 95, if I remember correctly, Buck, Longhorns get up 21-0 in the game in the second quarter and wind up in the 24-24. It's horrible. <laughs> and Howard Schnellenberger was the coach, uh, uh, saying they're going to do it for a Sooner Nation. And, oh. and by the way, Louisville and Miami, I think, are, are playing, and they're going to have a Schnellenberger Cup they're going to play for. Because he did good things at both of those Yes, he programs. did at both places. You're absolutely right. Won a national right. title at Miami, obviously. Um, and <laughs> But uh, but that that's the last time Texas played a tie game, 1995. And, and, and that Notre Dame, I was my expectations were, and that was the first time I was ever on that campus and at that stadium. And it was something else, huh? It was something else. I mean, it was like the first time I went to the Cotton Bowl. When I walked in that Notre Dame field, you know, being from Bethlehem Catholic and being hearing, a Boston College being guy, a, being a Boston College guy that played against Notre Dame in college, it was it was amazing. But you're talking about some junky locker rooms. <laughs> I, when I first got to Texas, I had been in some locker rooms. I remember just coming to Texas and seeing where the where the weight room was in this facility underneath the the stadium there in Belmont. I was like. What in the hell is this place? I went from there. I went to Notre Dame's locker room. I was at Iowa's locker room with the pink paint in the in the Iowa. Oh yeah. I'm like, what is this? What? Are, <laughs> what? Are, I mean, I went to some. I went to TCU's. Remember old TCU's locker yeah. rooms? Yeah. They were terrible. Going to Rice, getting beat. I mean, talking about bad facility stuff. I mean, it was just. <laughs> and you know, and you you always thought about places as 
These are going to be wonderful facilities. You've never seen anything like it. But coming from Illinois to Texas, I was like... That was a shock, wasn't it? It was a shock to me. I was like, yeah. what? what the hell? Is, this is Texas, right? This is Texas. This weight room is going to be something very special. Then the bats would come out, and there was bat crap everywhere. I'm like, what is this place? And John Makovic said it to Athletic. He said it to the loss at the time. He said, this is way behind the times. This 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 needs to be And upgraded. we were behind the times at Illinois yeah. when yeah. we were there, and it was still special. <laughs> but the, but I, I was always a locker room guy. When you were, when you were changing... When you're a coach and you're sharing a locker with another coach, you had to share a locker with your yeah. clothes changing for your game stuff. That was bad. And Iowa was, was that deal where they wanted you to feel very passive by painting the walls around you. That And it wasn't pink pink. It was a light pink. But yeah. Oh, it was a pastel. Just, yes. Just <laughs> awful. That was Hayden Fry. He did. That was Coach Fry's deal there. Yeah. Uh, the immortal Hayden Fry did a heck of a job uh, at SMU integrated the Southwest Conference yes, with Jerry Levias. Uh, then he was at North Texas, and they had two fabulous years at uh, at North Texas. Beat Bobby Bowden in Florida State mm-hmm. in a snowstorm up in Denton, uh, that sort of thing. And one in Knoxville over Tennessee. They had some big they had some big wins there before he left uh, for the Iowa job as well. All right, Bucky Gobbles, we've got a few more minutes here as Bucky's hanging out here in the 10 o'clock hour. Up next, Inconceivable. I'm, I'm curious to get Bucky's thoughts on some of these topics as we continue to light the tower on the horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Light the tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. All right. Uh, so we've got Inconceivable, so i got to get Bucky's thoughts on uh, some of this. Uh, first of all, uh, Bucky, I know that, that that you and Aaron have done. You know, when you get to what is it? Mother's Day, you do the the the, the your mama jokes. Your mama jokes, right? Yeah. Uh, that, Sorry, that Dad, sort of... you didn't matter because we never did your dad jokes. Right. Um, how were you with knock knock jokes? Awful. Didn't, never liked him as a kid. I'll bet you weren't as bad as this one. Um, uh, in a recent social media post, an individual sought advice and shared a perspective on a recent incident involving her husband, Mike, and her family's New Year's Eve celebration. The original poster began by stating that Mike, her husband, is known for his love of cracking jokes and often engages in playful banter, particularly with their brother, uh, Ethan, and his wife. So initially, Ethan was pretty tolerant of Mike's jokes, but then things took a turn when Mike started incorporating sensitive topics regarding Ethan's adopted child's biological parents. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, during a recent dinner, he said something like, he went, knock, knock, and Ethan went, who's there? And he said, Joey's bio parents. <laughs> wow. Why would you do that? So the fallout has been lots of uh, disgust and anger and all that other kind of stuff. He said, it was just a joke. It was a joke, okay? Yeah, that's but, not good. I have an adopted um, son, so. Yeah, yeah, there's no reason to no. do that. Um, you, you've mentioned sometimes how when you leave, what uh, what do you like to have for lunch when you go somewhere to go, go get lunch? Well, I mean, I do, I'm do. i a brunch guy. I mean, I'll go to right. gyms and go ahead and get you know, I'll get the eggs that I don't get at 3.30 in the morning. Right. So I, I don't really have Because used to be open 24-7, but not anymore. Not anymore, no. Not since since the pandemic, no. that gyms is that, and, and you go to the one out by the Y. I do. I, I, sometime, I When I lived in Cedar Park, I used to hit 
either the ones there on research, either the one at Spicewood or the one at Burnett quite a bit, less so now that I live in Georgetown. But we go there occasionally. I used to go. I, that, that's the same um, gyms that I would go dressed up as a woman because they would have the Susan the walk for cancer here. Yeah, right, right, right. So I had to go, and I would go in there in high heels, and the ladies would do all my makeup for me there. Yeah. How did I miss that? Uh, you How mean, did oh, I miss yeah, that was seeing a, you in that deal. That was a great deal. I, I, somehow I missed. I missed out on that. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't. You know, see I, that. I haven't shaved my legs since then. I mean, that's been that was wonderful. Are you? Are, <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> uh, are you much of a uh, sandwich guy? I am. You like sandwich? There's a there's a deli sandwich. In uh, New York City, it's called it Dats, like Katz's. Did you ever used to go to Katz's on the 6th? I did, yes. This is like Dats, D-A-T-Z, Dats Deli in Queens. Um, it's it, it, it started selling sandwiches a few years ago, and <laughs> they brought in, in May alone, on one sandwich, $165,000. One sandwich. As my dad would say, what is it, laced with gold? Wow. Um, so, um, you tell me if this sandwich would appeal to you. It's um, Caribbean, Caribbean-style beef patty stuffed, I get Cam's thoughts on this as well, with homemade mac and cheese. So it's like a beef sandwich. You used to get some of those like hot beef sandwiches oh, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. This one's stuffed with homemade mac and cheese. Does that, would, that, does that, that interest be, you? That, no, that would be a little bit too much for me. I'm, I was one of those roast beef, hot roast beef sandwich yeah. guys. Open and, face sandwich, oh, get I, that too? Absolutely. I, I love that. Or, or what else? Corn beef and cat. Yeah. I, mean, I used to do all good of those. Good corn beef sandwich good or corn, pastrami. Uh, or, pastrami sandwich yeah. for sure. Yeah, get those. Which Cam will get when he's on his trips to like yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, from whence I was born in Philly. Yeah, and when you're in New York, you really should, you know, go to go to you know one of the outstanding delis. Yeah, I was thinking going to Sabaro's Pizza. I've heard that's a pretty good oh, spot. Stop it! <laughs> stop. But uh, would that sandwich? <laughs> would that sandwich yeah. interest you? You had me a mac and cheese. Anything with mac and cheese, I'm going to eat. Okay. All right. So that's 165 thousand dollars in the month of May alone. They're anticipating and projecting that they'll get 1.2 million dollars. Of revenue on that one sandwich wow. alone, I would say probably that the, the deli's probably a pretty good deli for for people to eat. Not only that sandwich, they're probably going to get other oh, stuff. Oh, for out of sure, that deal, I would say. Cam, you're going to get the greatest Philly cheese sandwiches when you're in there, like the real deal in yeah. Philly. You got yeah. any recommendations? In any spots? Just anywhere? No, I I, I I was just born there. I got out of there and well, you, stayed out of there, dude. <laughs> if you go to Philly, you probably should make a pilgrimage to either Geno's or Pat's. I've had I think I've had Geno's before. I've yeah. had Geno's before. Okay, well then you know the deal then with that. There's probably some. Uh, uh, You'll get real cheese. You won't get cheese whiz. <laughs> yeah. Like I would I, like I would go to the Texas OU weekend and I would go up there and actually get a Philly cheese steak. Yeah. From the from the fairgrounds. Yeah. With the cheese spread on oh, it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I might buy one and just throw it at Nick Foles' statue outside of the oh, Eagles yeah. football stadium. There you go. Now, now, Bucky, you 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 are not on board with the corn dog at the State Fair. Is that the deal? I've heard you talk about oh, the, the little red the, rocket, the red rocket the thing. Red rocket. I had you it know? once. I did. I tried it, but still, after I bit into it, I looked at it and went. I can't finish this. I just can't finish this. No. I like a good Fletcher's corny Why dog. Why are you looking inside thing. of it, Buck? Yeah, just that's, eat, that's, just a, that's the first mistake. Slather it with some mustard and rock and roll. Just keep on rocking? Yeah. 
Bunt yeah. likes mayo on it on his red. No, rocket. no, no. I'm a I'm a I'm a mustard guy on mostly everything. Hot dogs, yeah, and relish, and that's it. You know our old friend and former teammate Brian Jones, who's now doing big things with CBS. Wedge Buster. Uh, yes. Wedge Buster Jones. Yeah. He uh, he was big, very fond of the turkey legs, and so we're doing a game and uh, Texas OU game, and this is when Brian was our sideline reporter, and uh, he comes up to the booth before the game before we get on the air. And Andy, my son, who's been my spotter since he was like 14, he's, he's pretty young at the time, 14, 15, and Brian is sitting there just gnawing his turkey leg. And Andy just looked at him quizzically, and he stops in the middle and goes, turkey leg? Holds it out. <laughs> Andy's like, Here, no, I'm all right. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. He's a beauty. That means anything can happen to you if you watch yeah. Brian Jones. Life is good. Uh, speaking of life is good, uh, nobody won the Mega Millions jackpot last night, Buck. Uh, so I, I didn't even bother to check my numbers because now it's going to $910 million for the next one. So uh, the numbers drawn were 3, 5, 6, 44, 61, and the Mega Ball was 25. I think I had the number three. That's all I had out of that. Anyway, uh, if you go lump sum uh, off of the 910, would be $464 million. Would you do the lump or would you do the – the uh, annual payouts. I would do the lump because I don't have that long to be messing around. <laughs> Give it all to me now. And after this week, I need that need that money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Friday night is the next drawing uh, on that one. Okay. I do a lot of nice things with that money for a lot of people. I bet. Absolutely. And finally, the here's here's the other story we've got. Now we just got through detailing uh, Bucky's plunge into the river in San Antonio. And it's a given that most rivers, major, well-known rivers in cities, in in major cities, are pretty nasty. You know, you don't want to jump in the Schuylkill River in Philadelphia, right? No, that's pretty deep. Or the Delaware River. I don't want to jump. uh, Not where Washington crossed. No, I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to jump in the Potomac. Trust me, they have signs up that say, do not avoid contact with polluted river water. Don't want to do the, the Lehigh River in Bethlehem where the steel mills used to dump stuff through the water and out exactly. to, to Jersey. Well, used the, to go down the, to Jersey. The Seine in Paris has held for that for a year. But now, you should know this, for the first time in 100 years, has Paris plans to make the River Seine, the centerpiece of their 2024 Olympic Games next year. They've had long-term efforts over the last five years to clean up, and they say the river is clean enough to swim in now. So you can jump in the Seine River in Paris and swim now, Buck. So they're going to have kayak events and stuff like that, possibly? They're going to have stuff on there, but they said they have part of the swimming plan is coming to fruition. Local authorities say residents will be able to make use of the river once again as part of the legacy of the Olympics. Well, that's great. So they're not going wee-wee in there anymore, probably. Well, would you jump in the Seine, the River Seine no. right now? I would say you'd have to be insane to jump no, in the Seine. I would Seine, not do probably. that. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you doing this. It was an awful lot of fun. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Once again, Craig, thanks for, for helping me out in this business as we move on. And you know what? You've taught a lot of people a lot of, a lot of things about broadcasting, but... Sometimes it's just good to have a good man around. It just it really is. And to have somebody that's just a, a good person that knows how to do things the right way. And wow. you've done the things the right way for a, a long, long time. And as I said, to watch you and the, the trials and tribulations that you've gone through over the last 10 years in your life and come out on the good side that you've come out with this beautiful wife that you have right now and to do what you, you and your kids have done. 
this this is nothing compared to that. This is nothing. This is just another opportunity for me. That's all it is. And I thank you. Thank you. Keep learning from this dude. Love you, Buck. That's Bucky Gobble. Uh, Hour number two of Light the Tower coming up on the horn.